Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. Over the years, as I've studied trauma and mental wellness and the various components necessary for emotional and mental healing, I've noticed a tendency from those observing someone's journey to wholeness, or perhaps lack thereof, It's this innate human desire to help someone see their blind spots as soon as possible so they can avoid or get away from the consequences. Now, I understand that this is likely coming from a place of love and genuine care, but the sad reality is just because the blind spot exists doesn't mean the person is actually ready to face it. Sometimes people need to live their way through the difficult outcomes or consequences of certain things And the only way they will change or heal is if they are at a point where they will honestly look at the problem. Being a bystander to someone's story isn't always easy. What may seem painfully obvious to you or me, the other person may be missing entirely. And our natural instinct is to try and tell someone about it so they can adjust their life trajectory. Yet, in our attempt to do so, we can sometimes end up bringing someone into reality too quickly. We can force them toward a light bulb moment they aren't ready for. And as a result, something can end up malfunctioning. Your relationship with them, something in their own life. By our desire to help, we can sometimes hinder and end up trying to play the role of God. Something we cannot and will not ever be able to do. Today's conversation here is a gentle reality check for all of us when it comes to us interacting with each other's journeys. We're going to take a look at why it's important to keep in mind the fact that we're all living life at our own pace in our own way, and no amount of coercing or encouraging or prodding or pleading can make us get to a certain place we're not ready for or receptive to. So with that in mind, let's get started. People talk all the time about the light bulb moment, right? This point where something suddenly makes sense and we go, ah, yes, I understand it now. We've all been there at different times with different things. And there's no better feeling than realizing that all of a sudden, something you've been struggling to comprehend, you can now see with greater clarity and understand where and how it fits into your life. We love also helping others experience this too, because it's rewarding to show somebody some piece of information or share some bit of life experience that enables them to see the subject in a fresh way that changes their perspective in their life. But I think sometimes our expectations for how and when this should happen can be off base. I believe there's a tendency to rush this process and assume someone will be able to grasp something easily simply because it's clear to us in our own heads. Particularly in the realm of mental health and also religious circles, People tend to operate from what they themselves already know and conclude that if someone would just get from here to there, then their problem, their flaw, their pain would instantly get better. And so here come the suggestions and the advising 
and the motivating and the constant pointing out of what you got to do is, and soon the person is getting overwhelmed, resistant, frustrated, and distant. While one sits there wondering what's wrong with you, the person in question is needing a different form of help, questions that center around what happened to you and what does it feel like to be here. Every action, every thought stems from a deeper issue. We've talked about this often. Nobody behaves or thinks certain things without a more complex motive underlying the action. Therefore, when we are trying to help someone out of a potentially destructive behavior or attempting to get them to look at something differently, we are often dealing with more than just the surface topic or problem. We are dealing with a deeper belief or pattern that will take more than a hot minute to unwind. When someone is walking their individual path toward figuring out some things, we're often too quick to step in, intervene, help, advise, when sometimes they need the grace and the space to sort stuff out themselves. We're bad at being patient while people work through their choices and issues. I get that it's hard to know sometimes where that line is between when to assist and when to stand back and support from a distance, but if a person is really to get to that light bulb moment, we can't force it to happen. It has to happen on its own. Let me give you a logical example. Most of you have probably changed a literal light bulb at some point in your life. A few things you learn pretty quickly is that, one, a perfectly functioning bulb put into an incorrect socket will not work. Two, a malfunctioning bulb put into a good socket or a bad socket or electrical connection coupled with a good bulb will not work. Three, a bulb put in crooked will not work. And four, a bulb screwed in too tight to remove will be problematic. All of these scenarios can cause a simple fix to become complicated because one or more of the components is missing or malfunctioning. The human brain is the same way. Some perfectly logical concept can become incredibly complex to understand when certain key pieces of the proverbial puzzle are missing or parts of the brain are malfunctioning. Due to trauma or injury or faulty neural pathways, countless factors can lead to a block in comprehension. This means that when we go to explain or point out something to someone, we have to slow down and ask ourselves a few things before we just assume they are ready to hear it. I was recently reading something in a book about someone who came out of a cult background and they were talking about how they answer people when folks want to talk about the person's story. Instead of just always giving someone the upfront, honest truth, they run through a few questions before they respond. The author said they ask themselves if the individual they are talking to really wants or needs to hear the truth, how much of the truth they can handle, and will they be combative or receptive if and when the truth is shared. This approach is wise, I think, for anyone sharing an intensely personal story as well as for anyone seeking to help someone understand something. Especially when it involves a truth that is potentially life-altering, we need to tread intentionally and compassionately. We all hold ideas and behaviors that have become a part of our inner selves, for better or worse, and to change those involves a complete paradigm shift, a mindset change of the greatest sort. Whether it be overcoming an addiction, making peace with our past, altering our spiritual, societal, or political viewpoints, taking charge of our mental health, or any host of other possibilities, we're not going to be able to suddenly let go of certain things we've held as truth for so long and embrace a new perspective. Simply from a neurological standpoint, old habits and beliefs die hard. 
this won't happen overnight. If we go back to the example of our Savior and how he dealt with challenging people's point of view and moving them toward life change, we notice a few interesting observations. First, let's look real quick at the story of the rich young ruler in Matthew 19. This individual had obviously come into good money and possessions, whether by inheritance or his own business sense, and had also maintained what he believed to be solid, common-sense moral behaviors. When Christ asked him about keeping the commandments and listed off several things like do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not lie, honor your parents, love your neighbor, the guy was quick to reply that he kept all these things from his youth. But when Jesus took it a step further and asked him to essentially give up his rights to his stuff and share his wealth with the poor, the Bible says he went away sorrowful because he had abundance. This young man, as smart as he was, was not ready to receive this kind of directive. He may have initially come to Jesus inquiring how to obtain eternal life, but it was all focused around what he could do to get himself there while still holding on to the life that he built for himself. When the Lord asked for a great sacrifice on the guy's part, he was unwilling to do it. He could not handle the truth Christ was putting in front of him. There was no light bulb moment, only disappointment. On the other hand, we see examples in Scripture where the person Jesus interacted with was fully ready to accept and get on board with what was being presented to them. When the Lord spoke to Zacchaeus and went to his house to challenge him about his issue with greed, the change was almost instant. Once his eyes were opened to his problem, Zacchaeus was immediately willing to make things right. It says in Luke 19.8 that he stood up and told the Lord he'd give half of his possessions to the needy, and if he had cheated anybody out of anything, he would pay it back four times the amount. Essentially, he was willing to go broke in order to rectify his mistakes. You see, the more you try to pressure someone into understanding or changing certain things about their life, the less likely they are actually to do so. It's a difficult fact to accept, but the reality is you can't force people to get it. You can't fix them or do the thinking for them. You can't make them be at a place in their journey that they aren't ready for. When you're a concerned friend or relative, a leader, a pastor, or even a therapist or counselor, there is no amount of information or motivation that can speed up the process of that light bulb moment any faster. If you want the truth to stick, you have to give it time to be absorbed. As Frank Sonnenberg says so well, people don't resist change, they resist being changed. The truth is, only God can change people. And even then, people still have to be willing to be transformed by the renewal of their own mind. Even those who are around Jesus and listen to his teachings, such as the Jewish religious leaders or even people in the massive crowds to which he spoke, the Bible still indicates that quite a few of them stopped following him. It was easy to be interested in him when he was healing people of their maladies and putting on a good show, but when he asked for a change of attitude and heart, that was a different story. Not everyone wants their life upended, yet that is exactly what following Jesus and pursuing healing will do to you. It will change your life. So while we establish the fact that it's out of our hands as to the outcome of our help, there are a few things to remember when we find ourselves in a position to encourage someone in the right direction. We need to make sure they understand that our advice or information is coming from a place of love and their best interest. Them feeling that you understand their situation on some level will help a lot. 
Two, we need to build trust and respect in the relationship. If the other person thinks you're not worthy of their trust and respect, the door for you to assist in any way is likely mostly shut. I've heard of people who did this well when it came to sharing the gospel with a non-believer. In some cases, they patiently put in months or even years of intentional one-on-one interaction with the person, answering questions and gently walking them slowly toward the truth. This disarmed the person's defenses and enabled them to hear the truth with some semblance of an open mind. Number three, we need to gently educate the person, assuming they're on the same page and will instantly understand is setting yourself up for potential failure in the interactions. Find out where they're coming from and tailor your information to a place where you can somewhat meet them where they are and walk them through. Number four, it's important to explain the reasons and motives behind your thinking and allow time for the person to get what you're saying. Moving too quickly will feel confusing and heavy to them. Number five, encourage rather than expect change. If you try to force change in someone's life, you'll be working against yourself and will nullify any positive results. Number six, help them understand the importance of the situation, the benefits of moving in one direction versus the consequences of going another. This doesn't mean they will right away agree with you, but at least you've showed them the two choices. Remember that just because someone isn't responding to what you're saying doesn't mean they are necessarily against what you're telling them. Silence doesn't indicate close-mindedness. They may actually be listening, so give them the benefit of the doubt unless they give you some visible evidence that they are resisting you. 7. If the person is showing a genuine openness to change and the light bulb is going on, give them some small achievable goals that they can start working toward. Might be a few resources that can target specific things or some steps that prove to you that their change is real and sustainable. Number eight, always remember to encourage them to own the process for themselves and be held accountable for the results. Number nine, as they continue down the road of change in lifestyle or mindset, commend their progress along the way and encourage them to measure it for themselves so they see the results and feel good about the direction they are going. And finally, number 10, most importantly, make change their choice and not a response to your own demands. This is hard because sometimes our desire to help someone adjust their attitude or behavior can come from a place of frustration where we're just over it and a part of us wants to just beat the truth into their head. But real lasting transformation of perspective has to come from within that person themselves. They have to make the conscious decision to do things differently to believe and think differently. While none of these suggestions are guarantees that the person will receive and implement the truth you share with them, they at least are tested and proven guidelines that help you approach the conversations in a better way. Making certain your attitude is right and the truth you feel compelled to share is needed will go a long way in helping the interaction to have a shot at success. Coming into it with any personal prejudice, unresolved trauma of your own, Controlling intentions or other forms of bad motives will undermine what you say and point out, even if the principle itself is true. We all have blind spots. We all have things that we fail to see about our own lives, choices, beliefs, etc. And God partially puts us in community with others so that we get that objective feedback. But it has to be done the right way and with patience. 
I know it's difficult to stick things out for the long haul and keep praying for or supporting someone who seems determined not to face or accept reality, but the buck ultimately stops with them. As we noted earlier, even those who directly came into physical contact with the Son of God still refuse to believe. So don't be frustrated if the journey takes time. I know things probably could be loads better if the other person would just understand some things and make some changes. I know it's difficult to watch people implode sometimes and disregard the well-meaning advice of loving friends and family like yourself. I know it's hard to be patient and gracious when their actions may be causing you hurt or misunderstandings keep piling up. But the reality is that they have to confront reality in a way that they will best get it. And sometimes that involves a pretty hard collapse. Some people are just more resistant and proud by nature, and the only way they will come to a place of surrender and healing is by things getting bad enough that they realize this isn't the path they want. While you pray and hope and support and encourage these difficult people in your life, just remember the example of Jesus and the patience and graciousness with which he puts up with the constant failings of you, me, and the rest of humanity. While we can never be him, we can look to him for the right way to go about motivating someone toward their own light bulb moment. Adjust your expectations for this process and give things and God the time to work. The truth always wins. This we know. But for some, this point might still be a ways off. And that's okay. This is their story and not yours. You are in their life for a reason to love and support them, but you're also living out your stories individually And sometimes that may mean you each arrive at reality in a different time and way. Nobody said there had to be a standard timetable or way of going about it. As long as they hopefully accept and acknowledge it in time, it takes as long as it takes. Be patient with them and yourself, and Lord willing, there will come a day when they have their own Damascus Road moment, where God helps them see just how desperate things are, but equally how amazing their life can become. so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.